Hello, this is Ryan Reiser, your host. This is going to be a very different podcast series than anything you've experienced on the market. What I'm trying to do is change things up a little bit. Rather than having a special guest and one topic with great conversation that goes away, we're going to host a series of experts and others who have perspective on different topics over a period of time. Gather that in a series of episodes and roll that out until we've really exhausted a topic. So hopefully you enjoy this podcast and thanks again for listening in. Okay, so we're back uh, with a new sales topic. It's been a while. Uh, this one is I'm a brand new outbound SDR. How do I start? And so I'm really excited to introduce Juan. Uh, Juan, you want to introduce yourself to the group for today's uh, conversation? Absolutely. Hey, Ryan. Hey, everyone. Um, good morning. Thank you for joining us. My name is Juan Correa. I'm a senior sales manager at CloudTask. I'm so happy to be here and share some some different perspectives and ideas with you guys. Yeah, fantastic. Well, I'm really excited to get your take on you know this these series of questions around you know again if I'm an outbound SDR, especially in today's climate, how do I get started? And your perspective at an agency is really interesting, but you also have perspective from you know, managing a team in the past too, as you, as you mentioned. Absolutely. So, you know, feel free to interject, right? So some of these questions uh, don't necessarily have to be current state. If you want to bring in some of your previous experience, that's always helpful, but let's get right into it. So, so how big is your current team that you're managing today, your outbound team uh, over at Cloud So Talks? right now we're about 250 employees um, with a global footprint. I'd say about 200 of them are doing outbound work specifically. Mm -hmm. um, and myself as a former SDR leader, I'd manage a ratio between one to 15 um, SDRs. Okay. That's a lot. That's a big uh, ratios, one to 15. So <laughs> Definitely, it, it, that, yeah. that sounds like growing and expanding fairly quickly. And, you know, as a, uh, you know, the second question here in terms of experience, obviously, when you think about who you serve and how you serve them, there's two answers you can provide here, right? Because there's one, primarily of, of cloud task. And then the other is like maybe generally the types of uh, campaigns that you might run. And the, the purpose of this question really is for folks to get a sense of these benchmarks we're going to talk about. Like, you know, everyone serves different types of uh, buyers Definitely. And, and has different campaigns. So at cloud task, you know, who do you serve? How do you serve them? For sure. So, so primarily we serve uh, company owners, we serve sales leaders within the SaaS industry, Ryan, but not exclusively as we can go, you know, healthcare, technology, retail. Um, and the idea is to basically augment their outbound sales efforts. This is done via a highly trained remote SDR team. Um, we give them tools such as, you know, sequencing, CRMs, playbooks, content, uh, omni-channel approaches. And there's also an entire support staff, uh, including sales enablement, QA, business intelligence, um, you know, the works to be able to support these clients and the people doing the work for, for these clients. Perfect. And 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 so you, you do have experience across a lot of different industries, verticals, I'd imagine, yeah. you know, size of organizations, et cetera. But, uh, you know, for the purposes of maybe, a, maybe it's a hard uh, question answer there, but in general, what are, where is your core expertise or maybe before cloud task, was there a specific uh, type of persona that you were serving specifically and, and what types of uh, uh, products or solutions are you most comfortable representing, you know, from an outbound. Oh function. man, that's, that, that's a great question. I think um, 
most comfortably, I think sales VP, sales leaders are coming from a sales perspective. We can kind of relate to each other. You know, we know what's going on. We know what's, what's, what struggles we have, um, especially with the whole people working remote and things of the sort. There's a lot of things we can do to help sales leaders. Um, another interesting group of people that we've been able to work with are, you know, financial uh, leaders, controllers, um, people, C, um, CROs, COOs, people within the C-suite that are managing um, a technology company or a company that's going through migrations, adapting to technology. We kind of bring a lot of, a lot of tools to their table and you know, bring propositions that can help them achieve something better, you know, allow them to continue making progress. So I'd say sales VP is a big one, um, CEOs, anyone along the, the lines of finance, communication, IT, IT is a big one. There's a lot going on um, ever since, you know, this year. The cloud was something that was, you know, we would talk about. We would look up and say, yeah, hey, yeah, you know, that's very interesting. The cloud's there. We somehow at some point we'll get there. 2020 came in and it's like we have to get on the cloud um, for many reasons, right? So a lot of IT leaders are looking to have security, flexibility, and just be able to take care of their, you know, the work at hand, the things that infrastructure so that they can focus on innovation, which is what they like. Um, so that's that's what we like to, to do. Love it. So lots of perspective here. So if I, again, let's get back to, to where we're at, right? And we're assuming mm-hmm. I'm a, I've gone through whatever your onboarding, your great training is to, to be up to speed. And I, I should understand the fundamentals here, but do you expect me as an outbound SDR on your team to be building my own list? Oh man. So this is kind of a, this is a two, 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 two-sided question. Cause I have my own perspective on this, on this idea, but uh, in, inside the company, no, we don't. Um, we, we normally have a team that handles most of this and, and I can give more light on that as we continue. Um, but personally, I do believe that as they grow their brand, it is, it, it should be encouraged, right? I mean, you're talking to people, you're putting your name out there. Um, you're getting known, you're putting content out there that's relevant and other people are coming towards you. Right. So, why not add them to your list and have conversations that are worth having? Um, so I do give my my reps as much freedom as I as I can to keep it real, because that that's what a lot of you know that's what that's what uh, it's missing a lot, which is the reality, the authenticity. I like that. So so let's let's dive in a little bit more into that because you mentioned that you have two sides of that. Uh, you want to walk me through how a list is put together for the reps, and then. Uh, and then we can double, you know, double take in what you mean by, Hey, as you build the brand, but like how, how, if, if you, if the rep's not responsible for the list, how do you provide that list to? For sure. For sure. So, so we, we do have an internal lead gen team inside of CloudTask. Um, basically they use different technologies like Apollo, Zoom Info, Bombora, right? Things that, um, we know can give us, um, perspective and insights. We take things into consideration such as persona, your industry, employee size, if they're using any sort of CRM like Salesforce, which may be compelling to one of our clients or not. Um, once this is done, then you know there's like data scrubs and then there's a process of human validation where we have some business development associates. They call you, Ryan. They kind of say, hey, I'm running a survey, but they just want to make sure you pick up the phone and that you are the person that picks up the phone. This thing gets kind of like a checklist and then a list is built, but that's just part one. Part two, and in order to make that strategic, Orion, is that as a manager, we get together and before any of that work is done, we interview our client. 
right? Who is the solution working for already? Who does it work for the most, the least? When is it a good to have? When is it a nice to have? When is it not enough? That way we can get an idea of who the right people are that we should be spending more time having conversations with. Then we follow an approach that I think you're very familiar with, Ryan, which is buckets. We start segmenting um, these, these lists into you know different tiers. You have a tier which is your most priority list, it's a particular role, particular technology, particular compelling event, that's tier one. Those are your, you know, the babies and those are the ones you want to take care of. You want to craft really relevant and personalized messaging. Then we have tier two, which is more like, this is, you know, mid-size and, you know, you, we still have to personalize and be relevant, but, you know, you can get away with a couple of things. And then you have tier three, which is, man, just dry volume. The more you drive volume on those tier three, especially as a new BDR, you're coming in, um, which is, you know, the whole notion of, of our conversation. You want to start with those tier threes. You want to get your work in. You want to put your reps in. Once you get your reps, you're like, OK, you know, let me go into the middle bucket. Then let me go into the, you know, into the tier one bucket. And that's normally how we create a list. Um, what I mean by saying we, I do encourage my reps to do so is we follow an omni-channel approach, Ryan. So there's a lot of LinkedIn work and we like to inspire our reps to do research because that's what makes sense, right? You don't want to talk to somebody about something you don't know and somebody you know nothing about. So it's like, do your research, find out what this person cares about, find out what their company does, find out what the role is in charge of, this person's role, and what the person as an individual cares about themselves. If you can do that, use it, right? And, and that's when it, it comes to build your own list. If you have people that are just coming to your LinkedIn because you're posting valuable content, you know, you're creating videos, you're creating awareness, you don't have to wait for us, CloudTest, to say, hey, here's another 100 contacts, go out there. You know, you're, you're farming and you're hunting. This is your realm. Got it. And so this is, this is uh, specific for when, it, when you're thinking about the team that's responsible for new business development on behalf of CloudTask are your mm -hmm. are your are your reps doing that on behalf of your customers? You know, as a as an outsource agency, that's just kind of a sidebar question. Do they like look getting getting leads for the client as well? No, are they looking and feeling like they are a part of? Say I signed up a CloudTask mm -hmm. outbound SDR. Are they a part of Research Consulting or are they CloudTask SDR? Um, how, how, how do they look and feel to the That's market? a great question. That's a great question. Uh, the, the ideal is that you're a plug and play to, you know, Ryan Riser Consulting. You're okay. a plug and play. So if you have a sense of culture, if there's a way that you tend to do things, the main idea is that we try to replicate that way of doing things. Um, but a lot of times that's not the case. A lot of times, a lot of people hire us because they don't know how to make progress anymore. They're right. kind of stuck or they never considered an outbound program. And, you know, they're kind of skeptical. I don't want to do this. I don't want to spam people. You know, you guys are near shore. So you're not even, you know, in Boston or New York. You're kind of like in South America and the UK, all over the world. I don't know. You're too far away. What if I have to call you at four in the morning? Right. Kind of like how we're talking right now. Um, <laughs> what happens there? So we make sure that we adjust everything so that it fits your world, Ryan. So if you work at four in the morning, Everyone, you know, behind you will also start at four in the morning if that's what you want. Got it. So um, just to just to make sure that the, uh, the the point of this question too is for folks to understand just different perspectives on this. When you say that you're providing that list, you've interviewed the customer, you understand who a good customer is, you you understand who maybe not a good customer is. You have some tiers. Um, what makes uh, what makes that list? Uh, like, do, do you do you actually sign off from somebody within the company, or 
do you guys generally just say, okay, this criteria is good. And then we don't know until we have a conversation. Well, we do, we have benchmarks, right? Since we've been in business for a while, there, there are things we do measure against, right? Like, Hey, you know, if we're calling uh, VPs of sales, what conversations do they tend to be more open to have? What kind of content are they more, are they more open to engaging with and things of the sort? And then we can benchmark that and say, Hey, let's call these people. They, they tend to pick up the phone the most, or this group of people tends to rely on the email side of things. This group of people is way more social than everyone else. So kind of keeping those benchmarks, then we do just go with it. And then, and then we provide feedback, right? So to give you an idea, back when I started in CloudTask, we would have a client briefing and the client would give us their goals, right? Hey, I want you guys to get eight meetings a month per BDR, et cetera. Yeah. And we would be walking into something like some, that, software that always development. starts with the meeting, right? Always starts yeah. with the meeting. Yeah. I want right? meetings. Yeah. Yes. That's it. I want meetings. I want eight, right? That's how I get my ROI. And then, um, you know, in the beginning we would say, yeah, Definitely, you know, we'll go for it. But then we learned it's like, wait, software development is a little bit different than selling cloud task or selling, you know, get accept or pandadoc as an example, right? It's it's a it's way more complex. So I think we need to restructure the way that we're shaping these goals um, instead of just saying, hey, yeah, we're gonna give eight, but then we go to four, and then we tell you this is why we couldn't reach eight, this is why we can get to six, and then you know, progressively kind of achieve those goals. So what we opted uh, to do was, hey. We're going to have a pilot stage. We do have a benchmark, right? So, Ryan, this is what we've been able to, for example, if you're going to come in and say, hey, I want to do a partnership program with CloudTask, I would tell you, hey, we've had two partnership campaigns in the past. This is the this is the average of the results we've been able to deliver based on these variables, right? I'm not saying that we can do the same for you, but this is a benchmark. Now, what we do want to do is say, we're going to start this project, and depending on the results we start seeing, I can tell you, Ryan, hey, we can hit it. We can definitely do eight per month. Or you know what? Eight is too little. We're going to do 12. So we learn to, instead of saying we're going to hit this without even experimenting it, we'll first get the ball going, you know, get, get everyone moving, get the messaging going, check open rates, you know, check how people are replying on the phone, check calls versus connections versus pitch right how many times am i actually able to have a conversation and then based on that we can do some sort of math of sales and say we can hit this numerically now qualitative that's something that the managers will take care of does that make that, sense right well it makes sense for me you're speaking my language uh <laughs> oh, okay. all, 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 all those words uh they're music to my ears uh so so Let's skip ahead a little bit then. So quota uh, and activities, it sounds like you guys have a methodology. It's not like you're you're going, uh, you're sticking your thumb in the air and saying, hey, eight meetings and <laughs> good to go. You, you got a, you got a process there. And so to get started, is there is there a, a benchmark on the number of activities you expect your SDRs to do every day? Maybe, and the activities yeah, yeah, sounds like definitely. the leads are researched from a separate team, but dials, emails, social activities. How does that definitely, look? Definitely. And this is another interesting question because there's different perspectives in this pact. Um, and so basically contractually, there are um, numbers we have to adhere to, right? As a client, say you say, Ryan, hey, I want to get eight meetings, but we're not getting there. You're like, at least I want to see, you know, a hundred phone calls being made. I want to see some work being done. I don't just you know, I'm not able to get there, but what's happening in the background. So right. contractually, we do have certain benchmarks. I would say that's around 150 activities per day. Um, those 150 activities get divided between phone, email, and LinkedIn work. Um, sometimes it's about 80 phone, you know, 40 email, 30 LinkedIn conversations, things of the sort, but it varies depending on the client. Some clients are very successful on LinkedIn. So we rather 
approach that channel as the main channel and so forth, right? But one of the controversial parts about this is that um, the reps tend to think I numb, like I kind of numb myself out making dials, right? But I'm not really getting anywhere. A lot of people, a lot of people just go to voicemail, especially, you know, in the season, everybody's out of office. I just dial, okay, I did my hundred calls, I'm done, which is not the intention or, or the passion or the purpose you should have, right? The purpose is to have conversations. And if you can have meaningful conversations, that's even better, right? So let's, let's first focus on the activity. I tell my team, quantity creates quality. If you don't get the reps first, you're not going to be able to get good at this, right? But once you do get good at it, once you're having conversations, I need you to slow down and I need you to be tactical about this. I need you to go in at 4.30 p.m., whatever shift that is, depending on your region, and pick your top 10 people that you're going to talk to tomorrow, right? And say, hey, you know what? Ryan Reiser, he does this. He has these different companies. You know, he's he's co-written a book. Um, How can I kind of use some of this information, find the gap and say, hey, this is how we can be a fit for you, Ryan, in a way that makes sense, right? And I'm not just going to call you and Ryan, yeah, you do consulting. What kind of consulting? It's like, no, man, it's sales consulting. You, you did your research for a reason. So that's why we kind of take a stop. So at first, it's drive it, man. Drive, drive, drive. I don't care if you're talking to anybody. Drive. Get your fear out of it. But once you do, once you're having conversations, you need to slow down. And then I think like Josh Brown says, match your buyer's speed limit, right? And be smart about it. Don't just senselessly dial because there's no purpose in that. So that's, that's what I, I, I tell my team as we continue progressing. I like that. So quantity produces quality. That's your, that's that's your mantra. Quantity produces quality. And, uh, and, and what's your take on, uh, the, uh, uh, the follow-up, right? So you said conversations, meaningful conversations. I, I actually stumbled across one of my, uh, my mentors, uh, a good buddy of mine, Noah Goldman, um, uh, you guys can't find on social anymore because he's like a nomad, (laughs) but, uh, he's still out there. I used to do the enterprise sales podcast, super smart guy. Um, he, he sent me this book, uh, a couple months ago, uh, telephone sales in the eighties. And there's a, there's literally a page in there and it's like, it's not about the 50 dials or the hundred dials. Um, it's about how many completions. So that really opened yeah. my mind up, right? Cause you know, I always say conversations as well, the meaningful conversations, but this idea of completions is like totally makes sense. And you hit on this earlier around um, how you're tracking through the metrics, like not only yeah. how many connect dials connects, but um, you were saying uh, pitches, mm-hmm. pitches, right? Like uh, the bronze stuff, right? How do we get through the funnel? So this idea of completion is not only did they pick up, but they, they, they heard what I had to say. There was, there was an exchange of some information and it could have been a yes. It could have been a no. It could be a not now, right? It could right. be whatever. But we got through, there was an exchange. And so yeah. now, now that you have this idea of completions, you can call it a meaningful conversation or whatever, you have a you have an, a KPI, a new KPI that allows you to really track momentum within a, a conversation. How do you feel about follow-ups on those quick hang-ups, right? Like, no, I'm not interested. Click or, you know... Whatever it could be a explicit. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. That's great. How do you guys how do you guys look at the that data? That makes a lot of sense because I thought you were going to go for the side of we've already had a conversation, but it didn't close. How do you follow up then? But this is we didn't really have a conversation. I just called you. I'm not interested and hung up. Um, how do I see that? Hey, 
the person is probably not in a buying mode. You know, the person is probably really busy. I think your timing might have been off. You know, <laughs> are you looking for the right signals so that you can actually, you know, talk to this person at the right time? That's hard to do, right? That's, I think that's some pro stuff to do. Um, when you kind of match relevance to timing, wow, you know, you, you got it, right? Um, so what I would say about that is you have to keep trying. You can't give up. Uh, I've seen it work. I don't, a lot of people may disagree, but I've seen persistence work, Ryan. I've seen 12, like, just like this starts in January 18th and LinkedIn, right? And then it, it ends finally on March 28th with the person saying, yeah, you know what, let's talk about this. But 12 messages were sent without, you were completely ghosted until you gave some relevance, right? You're like, hey, or context, right? Context, this is what I do. This is why I'm reaching out to you. You know, should we talk? Should we not? Either yeah. way, it's fine if we don't, you know, but that's this is what we do. After that 12th um, touch, it seems like people do respond. So I wouldn't say spam people, right? I would say be intentional. Be intentional, not like marketing, because marketing sends you kind of emails every now and then, and then you kind of just mm-hmm. skip them. But if I could... For example, create a pattern to you, uh, Ryan, and say, I'm going to email Ryan every three days. And then okay. Ryan will, will start picking up like, hey, this guy's emailing me. Who is this guy? Right. You Now I just broke through the traffic, if that is, because of my own pattern of delivery. Um, and if you tell me, hey, you know what? Stop. I'll stop. You know, it's it's something that let me let me recollect. Why? Why should I stop? Can you give me any feedback? Where did I lose you? Get some lessons from you so I can then apply it to the next person I'm going to talk to. Uh, But, you know, my point is don't spam people. Just do it consciously. If you know consciously you're going to help someone, if you know that your intentions are, you know, there and what they do and what they're trying to achieve with your solution can help them get that job done. Keep trying because people are not always in buying mode. People could be in training mode. People could be in meeting mode. People could be in their holiday mode. Um, so just be aware of that. Um, have social awareness is what I tell people. I like that. This concept of, of in buying mode. I don't think anyone's ever really in buying mode. There's a there's a there's some content. I'm not quite sure who I, I saw post this recently, but it's like we're professional sellers, or mm-hmm. you know, if you're a yeah. new, we we're talking about new outbound SDR. You're, you're you're training, I guess, to become a professional seller for the first time, right? Or Hey, maybe not. Maybe yeah. you've been selling and you're just as your first time in an outbound SDR role. But regardless, you want to be a professional salesperson. This is what you do day in, day out. You are bringing new ideas, innovations, fresh approach, you know, something different uh, from what they're doing. They already have a, something in place that regardless of um, what it is, there's work being done. Right. You know, exactly. whether whether they're it's with your progress. competitor, they're making progress, right? Uh, they're doing something already today. They are not they are professional, whatever they are, marketer, financier, whatever, right? They're doing their job. You know, that conflict between this is my full day approach to life versus I've got other shit going on. Right. You know, you've got to be able to match that. You talked about timing and relevance, but it's also just, um, you know, like you said, uh, it's not just emotional intelligence, social intelligence, but, but also just understanding, um, the day in the life of, right. The the, the work of the life of that individual. And, um, you know, I love that idea of persistence. Now, the thing that makes me cringe a little bit, just that this is my own personal opinion, which is it's okay. I'm only one of many because everyone prefers their messages in a certain channel. But if you, if you email me every three days, you get put on my spam list because it's in my, you know, like that's just how I work. But, but to your point, if I keep seeing a, 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 a 
an indicator of, oh, wow, there's an email, an email, email, miss call, miss call, miss call, voicemail. Uh, and this is one where I think a lot of people get argued, you know, they argue about this, but call, voicemail, email, social. Wow. You're going to get a response. Now that response, yeah. the response might be fuck off or I'm not interested <laughs> yeah. or whatever. Right. It could be that. hundred percent. But you're going to increase your chances of a response. And I think that, you know, I'd love to hear your perspective on this, but a lot of people, because we're, we're still in that activity metrics, right? It's like, yeah. they're not optimizing for the right thing. They think they can magically create this experience that's like, oh, because I sent you all this quote unquote value, like, you're, you know, you're just spamming me with your shit. Really, that's what you're doing. Yeah, it is. You're going to magically get a positive response. There's, that's not really the case, but like. I'd love to hear your perspective on it because I, I, I always teach people on that side. So, so, so here's, here, for example, using you as an example, Ryan, my apologies. Um, if I go into your LinkedIn website, right, and I just quickly scrub through your content, what you do, and even your about me, you kind of make it very clear that, hey, if you send me a bunch of emails, I'm going to put you on spam, right? So as a professional salesperson, and if I know that I have something that's going to help you and connect and sell or, you know, your consulting company make, you know, keep making more progress or continue to stay relevant. I'm going to, for example, I'll reach out to you on LinkedIn and say, Hey dude, you know, I, I know I can't really send you emails. You kind of cut me off of a channel there. I don't want to do that either. I don't want to be that guy, but this is what I want to talk to you about. Here's a little voice note, right? Kind of play with the psychology of curiosity. You might click on that voice note and say, Hey, this actually does make sense. Thank you. Or it doesn't make sense. You know, let's, it just doesn't. Right. And then at that point, I kind of use a little bit about what I know probably make you laugh a little like i'm not gonna go ahead and waste my shot on email because i know it's already dead let me try on linkedin let me i'm gonna what if i call you man can i call you every two days until you pick up i'll give you an example i was talking to my wife yesterday about uh this guy that's following elon musk and he wants to do i think he wants to create a movie about uh, us going to mars or something like that and he said i'm elon i'm going to write you every single day for the 365 days of this year until i get a response from you that seems very persistent but it may show Elon like, hey, this guy is actually working hard to do it, right? Let me give him some time. Even if it's a, even if it's a no, I'll let him know, hey, I don't want to be in your movie, <laughs> whatever it is. But at least the person didn't waste another 100 days trying to get that happen. But they put in the work. So if somebody puts in the work, I value that. But you got to put smart work. Like you said, don't just send this PDF out of nowhere that makes no sense to the person. Like, for example, you have IT leaders. IT leaders love learning. They're continuously looking for information. And then you're like, here, I'm going to send you a valuable PDF that you probably already read 10 times. It's not really valuable, right? But if you can teach them something new or say, hey, you got a bunch of infrastructure work going on right now. You're migrating because I could tell from you know the news on Google that you're going from an in-house migration to a flexible remote work thing. We got something that can help you do that easier, and then you can focus on innovation. Is this worth talking about, right? I want to be persistent about helping you. I don't want to be persistent in annoying you. I think that's that's the biggest difference in the approach. Yeah, I love that. We could probably talk for for hours <laughs> around some of this stuff, Juan. I love I love it. Um, I think it's it's key to to realize that because we're talking about quotas and activities for a second here, just so people can yeah. understand, like the purpose of all of that is to get to what. We're trying to get to a meaningful conversation in your words or a completion. We want a yes, a no, and not me and not now. But like just a response, a response that allows me to say, okay, I'm not in the right place. But then the, the next thing, so that if you're new to this rule, there's a fine line between being persistent professionally 
and being annoying and obnoxious because you don't get it. Right. And that's yeah. just, that's a little bit of an art form too. There's no science behind that. You just got to have it in your gut because to your point, you know, trying some humor, trying some things like that, that, you know, doing the, you know, publicly stating, Hey, I'm going to try every day. To, that might resonate well for some people. It might not for others. So don't get discouraged. Right. But also don't push the line too much. Just have some awareness around where you're each individual is different, right? There's a, there's a different person. And so you got to try to take that 100%. into consideration and, and be yourself, right? Some people, by the way, it does, it doesn't matter how great you are unless you're a super chameleon, right? There's a lot of different personality yeah. types, mainly about four. And so your approach, Juan, is going to work with folks that like that approach. My approach is going to work with people that like that approach, but there's going to be a mishmash, like a Venn diagram, right? Of, of some that just would never, ever respond to me, but would love to respond to you and vice versa. 100%. So just keep that in mind uh, as an SDR around some of these ideas around being persistent, having a cadence, all these little things, they all make sense, but they also have to feel comfortable to you and the delivery because if yeah. it's natural and it's all awkward and weird and you know, you're like saying the words, but they don't actually like sound that way. hundred <laughs> percent. This is, this is a great point, Ryan. Cause I, I tell this to, to all my reps, like, look, this year I had a, a friend for mine in Boston. He called me, uh, you know, pre-pandemic. He's like, hey, dude, uh, look into XRP and Ethereum. I'm like, well, what is that? It's a cryptocurrency. What is that? Right? Like, I just heard of Bitcoin. I don't know what that is. It was like, dude, just, just look into it, do your research, invest in it. Didn't tell me nothing else. He wasn't like, hey, would you be opposed to hearing about how Bitcoin yeah. can make you a billionaire? You know, uh, <laughs> hey, I want to have a conversation about cryptocurrencies. It doesn't work that way, right? Say, like, hey, dude, I care about you. A lot of stuff happening in the world. Look this up. If you find it interesting, invest in it. And I did, right? I'm a curious person. I'm a student of sales, and I follow that from you. Like, I want to learn. So what is this? What is Ripple? What is Ethereum? What does that mean? I only heard about Bitcoin all my life. Um, so let me do some research. I did some research. I put some money into it. And, you know, looking at today, I'm like 3x where I started just because I did some research. But he didn't bombard me with, hey, look at this, look at this, look at this, because I did have other people in my life. Hey, you should invest in this because it's important. And you're going to, and I'm like, I don't want to hear it that way. Right. I want to just do my own type of research. So what I tell people is talk to people like you talk to your friends in a professional way. You know, sometimes you don't want to go like to a CEO, like, hey, what's up, dude? I'm calling you from cloud test when it's like, no, it's not like that, but you know, you do want to go in like, Hey, you know, we have something going on. It's freaking awesome. It's something way different to what you're probably used to want to show you what that is. At the very least, you can come up with, you know, fresh perspectives and insights and you can keep that in your back pocket. It doesn't have to be now. It doesn't have to be us. It doesn't have to be me. Right. So if you detach yourself from that outcome, I think that purpose is meaningful and it makes all of that follow-up work, whether it's very intense, whether it's programmed, whether it's random, it makes it meaningful to you because you're doing it out of a sense of, I want to help this person, not just, I want to help myself get, you know, 10, 20, $30 commission for every appointment I get. Well said. And that, that, that translates really nicely into, all right, now we've got a sense of the why, the activities, the code is what we're doing as an SBR, but how... How are your SDRs compensated? Because it, it's just like, you know, if if my goal is to set appointments, but you're telling me to do all this other stuff and, right? Like, how do you sure. compensate your SDRs? 
this is, a, this is a tough and interesting question with also a shared individual perspective, Ryan, which is the compensation is simple, right? You have a base salary, um, you sign up for it, this is what you're going to get paid for, but you also have commissions per meeting that gets completed, right? So it's not just I sent Ryan 100 meetings, but only 10 got completed. Well, you're only going to get paid for those 10. Um, so, so I think in that sense, it's very simple. But I think there's more to that. I think, you know, in, in my perspective, and I think some people may share this perspective, the SDR job is one of the hardest jobs in our whole industry. And sometimes I, I personally think it's not compensated enough, right? I think it needs to be, maybe there should be some sort of reverse between the SDR and the AE role, at least in compensation for some reason. I just think that, you know, you're putting a person that coming in fresh with the least experience to do one of the toughest, most technical jobs in the industry, and you're not paying them their due diligence most of the time. Um, so if they're doing the work, if they're putting in their 110%, I think, you know, parallel to that, we should do the same and incentivize them to say, wow, you know, this could actually be life-changing. If I'm changing somebody's life, I'm getting an equal exchange, right, that I can change my life also. And, and what that may mean to people is very different. Changing my life, for example, as a parent, uh, as I shared with you, Ryan, is I want to buy my house. So if every time, you know, we set commissions and these commissions actually close, right, and they become an opportunity to the company we're working with, hey, you know what, you're going to get 1% of that residually as long as the account goes on that is amazing because i know that i'm going to count with this i'm going to put that into my apartment that can change my life i'm excited right because of my family because of my goals but if you're telling me hey you know what i'm going to put all this work i drove eighty nine thousand dollars in one meeting opportunity for this client but i get twenty dollars it's not very life-changing right so i like to make things life-changing if you if you're going to change someone's life the equivalent exchange should also kind of be similar to that. You should have a way of changing yours. Um, so I don't know if that answers your question accurately, Ryan. Well, yeah, I mean, it's just, it, I think, I think you're addressing two sides of this is the point of the question, right? And these, and these interviews is, you know, outside of compensation, outside of all of this is, is a lot of times outbound SDRs are the entry level roles. We said, I'm brand new. I've never done this mm-hmm. before. However, it's also a really challenging role um especially if you're if you're trying to sell technical strategic solutions into yeah. big big companies with large deal sizes um you know why are you putting someone who knows nothing about you know the industry and the products or services and the front lines to go and have conversations with you know executives at at your dream accounts like th- that's where the conflict typically starts it's just 100%. like there's a there's a misalignment of of wow this is work that we know we need to do you talk to anybody anybody who's really serious about sales they know they need to be cold calling into these big accounts if they can't break into them uh they should be doing that work but they won't most of them won't for whatever reason entitlement whatever right um and so then they're like well let me go get a junior because i'm too good i'm above this (laughs) work i'm above above this work to Mm -hmm. go and do the what to your point again we're, we're in the industry so we feel we feel this way but um, it's a very important role because you're the first point of contact to establish what will be the eventual relationship if it's going to work out. And um, and then the compensation is just so misaligned. It's like the, the folks that today's world, um, and I dealt with this quite a bit at, at Connect and Sell as, as a full, helping them as a full stack SD, as they call it there, as an AE role. When I, when I was calling and closing, 
like the whole process was a lot easier than when one of the inside sales reps handed it off to me because there's always yeah. this like weird disconnect. There is. And, and for the client as well, right? It's not, not just as a seller, but the client. It's like, okay, I just talked to this guy. Now this other guy's going to ask me the same question as this guy just asked me. Yeah. Well, exactly. But it's also, the, the handoff's always interesting because just like, well, what did you guys talk about? Like I listened to the recording. Like, why are you here? It's like, eh, it's always weird. But, but but the other thing is like, it's very transactional at that point too. Even though connected sales are pretty complex, so just see there. Well, hey, they they I had a problem that it sounds like you can solve. Like it's like great, let's do a test drive, and it's like you know. And then if they buy, they buy. If they don't, it's like I didn't really do much. It's just it's like hey, we do this cool thing. The ISR called you a million times, talked to you, convinced you to take a meeting with me, and then all I had to say is like, cool, we have this test drive, do the test drive, and then go buy. Now there's some more nuances there, but not really, right? Like not not really. It's not you know the compensation yeah, yeah the, the difference between the compensation is, is interesting um but that's for a whole nother uh segment we could talk about that later but, <laughs> for sure. but I, li- I like your perspective on that i personally believe that um you know when i when i built my teams in the past i would always have a base a meeting you know because you got to make your your nut on on meetings but again uh yeah. meetings held uh quota but then i also try to put a tail on um, a percentage of the close one business just so there's alignment. That's right. That's right. And then um, also creating pods around sales, sales development, and account management. Um, and they're all working together continuously. So the person that's responsible for the initial engagement, closing, and then servicing, but they're all working together. So if something weird's going on, you know, you always have that person who's not afraid to right. get in there and, and continuously get things back on track, especially for upsells, renewals and things like that. So oh, and uh, that makes a, a ton structure. of sense, Ryan. It makes a ton of sense. Cause like normally it tends to be pretty disconnected, right? You kind of have the SDR in a corner, you have the AE in another corner, you have operations in the back, you have marketing, you know, somewhere in the side, right? Everyone's kind of disconnected. So I'm, I'm with you in the point that, you know, if you must put in, you know, the, the, the SDR system in there and you want to hire these entry levels, that's fine. But give them the tools and give them a meaning to say, hey, if I'm going to put in this work, let me get some equal retribution in a way. Right. Whatever that may be to me. Um, and then I could, you know, make that happen more purposely and passionately, uh, passionately. Yeah. I hear the little one in the background. That's yeah, awesome. There's a little uh, one, yeah. Yeah, there you go. Uh, so it's uh, let's 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 land the plane on this one, Juan. Um, just uh, you know, outside of outbound, it sounds like you mentioned this from the very beginning. Um, uh, omni-channel approach, right? But what other channels? What other channels bring leads that uh, you know? This can be in the, in the context of of um, cloud tasks, but. What other channels perform well? Um, hey, for and sure. how does out and how does outbound stack up against that? Because I know that's always an important question for folks that are either thinking about outbound for the first time versus maybe that's the whole part of their business. But how does it look in your guys' context? Definitely, definitely, and that's a great question, Ryan. I'd say uh, a lot of it comes from different channels. I'd say LinkedIn, which is a unique channel in its own um, podcasts. Right? There's a lot of work being done through marketing. Um, we have referral programs or like partnership programs where you know if you kind of sell us and we sell you, you know, there's, there's benefits to be had there. Um, and if you do think about it, Ryan, it is all kind of outbound work because it's proactive work. That's how I see it, right? From mm-hmm. a proactive perspective, you want to get yourself out there. Um, you're creating video, you're creating content and all of this brings, uh, you know, kind of inbound or clients into cloud task. But I would say that, uh, our main channel is always outbound. Outbound beats them all bar none, um, because it's primarily what we do. Um, you know, as a company, we sell outbound 
programs, right? Services fully managed. And in order to get those programs, we do a lot of outbound work because number one, you have to, you know, walk the walk and talk the talk. And it also gives us lessons so that we can benchmark and consider for our clients. Um, but I think a lot of that BDR work uh, or outbound work creates awareness. But what we do um, in the company is what creates points of consideration, right? I like to think about it kind of like the um, an umbrella army, um, which is timely and relevant, right? A lot of times people know that it might rain. There's a chance it might rain. There's a chance that you're not going to make progress, but you don't take an umbrella out because you just it's going to be an inconvenience and then you get wet, right? So what we like to do is we're the BDRs out there with the umbrellas just waiting for that moment, that time, and that relevance so that we can get next to you and say, hey, you know, we can help you continue or get to where you want to go without getting wet, if that makes sense. <laughs> I like that visual. Uh, so, Juan, thank, thank you so much for joining us this morning. I know uh, uh, you bring a tremendous amount of breadth and experience to this conversation and topic. So thank you so much for sharing your, your, your feedback here. Um, if folks wanted to reach out to you, what's the best way for people to get in touch with you? I'd say LinkedIn. I'm I'm super active on LinkedIn. I'm always, you know, welcome to connecting with people. You know, there's, I, I love sharing and I love learning. And I think that's the reason why we primarily got into LinkedIn, right? It's just get perspective from different people. So I'm there. Um, I think that's the best way to find me. I'm also on Instagram, right? Uh, different Discord channels. But I think that's, that's the easiest way to reach me, LinkedIn. Um, I think, and what is my link? I think you just search Juan Correa. Um, and then I think you'll, you guys will find me. <laughs> Fantastic. Thank you for having me, Ryan, man. This was, this was great. I love having these questions. I love to, to talk about these things and share perspective, especially with new SDRs coming into this world. It's, it's, it's an interesting world. It's, it's a fun one. It's a great one. And it's one that will actually allow you to learn a lot about yourself, um, where others just kind of keep you in a robotic stance. So I love this world. I love the psychology behind it. So if you're a new SDR coming into this world, welcome and just get good, become memorable, become remarkable. There's not a lot of traffic down there. So that's my biggest recommendation for you guys. <laughs> Thank you, sir. Have a great one. Hey, Ryan, Cheers. likewise, man. Thank you so much for having me, Ryan. Have a, hey, happy new year's, dude. Happy new year. Cheers. And take care. Bye.